right, and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show. I am your host, Eddie Provident, not DK today. He's uh, he's running a little late. He couldn't make it in time, so Ramon and I had to roll without him today. Uh, Ramon, how's it going, buddy? It's going good, man. We got a rule on this show. Don't speak unless you got a mic. Eddie's usually That's- a producer. I, and I normally, and today, there's times I haven't had the mic, man. <laughs> and we, you get no snaps unless you absolutely got a mic. And hey, they got a mic today. And man, what a day to have a mic because uh, Minka, Fat, Minka Fitzpatrick got paid, Ramon. He yeah, got paid. I, it's, I thought uh, you were going to say Minka Fats because. Yeah, well, you, hey, you know what? His, are. his pockets are. Hey, what nice save there, man. Way to save me. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, but if, if you haven't heard the news already, if you are living under a rock in Pittsburgh, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick signed a four year deal. Uh, a- average annual salary is $18.4 million. Uh, $36 million of it is guaranteed. The total comes out to $73.6 million which makes him, Ramon, the highest paid safety in NFL history. Uh, Just initial thoughts on the deal, initial thoughts for Minka. What do you think, man? Man, when we initially traded for Minka, uh, you had to give up a first rounder and some more. And I knew about Minka because Alabama guy, he's the SEC guy. I knew he was a first rounder, all of those things. But when we traded away a first and he came into Pittsburgh from day one, one okay he single-handedly kept us and of course everybody played their role but as far as you know impact plays when we went to san francisco and he put on that jersey and he was making plays everybody on the sideline specifically remember us like yep he was worth it even if he does nothing else the initial impact of having him on that defense and i'll say it was kind of confusing also because it was it was almost of the mindset well we got Terrell, and, and, you know, I thought everything was going to be all right. But then I, I've kind of always alluded to this when it comes down to first round. The first rounders are special, every single one of them. But if you have that opportunity to get a top 10, top 15 even sometime, like there is a threshold of like when you say top 10 guys, one of my best friends in the world to this day is Gerard Mayo, played for the uh, New England Patriots, got a Super Bowl ring and everything, and he was very special. Uh, looking at Ben, he's one of those top 15 type of guys. Troy's one of those top 15 type of guys. You look at that list, and you, there is a separator. There is a, a grading scale on what special is. I've heard people say, hey, if you're picking a wide receiver in the top five, he needs to walk off as a starter. He needs to walk off into the Hall of Fame if you're going to get a guy that of that caliber. Minka, to me, proved why you go get a top 10 yep. pick. If you afford it, to be able to give away assets like first round, like draft picks and whatnot, Minka himself has solidified Kev's trade. Omar on the back end of this has kind of solidified mm-hmm. why you go get that. So there you go as far as one, Kev being Kev, okay, yep. uh, as yep. far as going to go get a guy. It worked right, Eddie. And, and then, of course, perfectly. Omar Khan just alluded to the fact that, look, we're going to keep a lot of what, what Kev has done because <laughs> I'll be that's a great template to kind of roll by as far as what Kev has set down. And one of his first moves is to lock up Minka. And I think everybody and their mamas knew he was going to get a deal. It was just a matter of what's justifiable, what's good for the team, what's good for yep. him. Because, and, and- because you don't get that deal unless he signs off on it. And uh, right. he's got one of the best agents, my former agent, Joel Siegel and Chaffee that worked that deal for him. So that was, hey, 
I don't think anybody's batting an eye at that, Eddie. No, no. I, I And anybody that – I've seen a couple of people that said they paid him too much. I've seen a couple of people that said, you know, that he's not good. at Man, look, the reason why he didn't make the uh, make All-Pro last year and the reason why he didn't make the Pro Bowl last year is teams were staying away from him, man. And look at everything yeah. that he had to put up with. Uh, let, let's be real. Uh, Devin Bush did not play up to the standard that Devin Bush sets no. for himself, let alone what the Steelers set up, set for him. Uh, mm-hmm. Spillane and Schobert were, were not – I mean, Spillane's solid, but he's a solid number three guy in the middle he's not a starter right. i don't think and uh and Schobert just wasn't what the steelers brought him in to be so for mm-hmm. i don't think people understand it for a free safety like minka fitzpatrick to have to come in and and kind of roam the middle of the field and make up for uh subpar middle linebacker yeah. play and then you factor in stefan to not being there so the, the you know the front two layers and tyson alualu uh the front yeah. two layers were were not great up the middle for the steelers and so no. Minka Fitzpatrick had to make up for that. And he did. And he did a hundred percent, man. And not just that he is. Sometimes it, it, it kind of comes down to the right system for you. And Minka kind of acknowledged. I know he didn't necessarily say, you know, it, 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 he, it, this was a system for him, but it was like, there's no other place I want to go play at. You know, I, from day one, his impact as opposed to where he was in Miami, to when he came to Pittsburgh was like a totally different player. And they were Coach T and, and, and Coach Butts at the time was able to tap into that. And you talk about he's not worth it. Let's let's just look at his accolades real quick. And none of this is fluff. Pro Bowl, I'll give it to anybody. Somebody can be an alternate. There are no alternates when it comes down to all pro. This man is three teams, if I'm not mistaken, all pro first team. That mm-hmm. says a lot about him. And you mentioned the fact that nobody's thrown to his size. Okay, let's look at the interceptions really quick. He go from five, four to two. Well, why would I continue to throw in his vicinity whenever he's going to either get the ball or tip the ball to somebody else? And I would almost venture to say there are other guys that ended up getting those interceptions that were usually towards him. I think Terrell interceptions have kind of gone up over the last couple of years. The plays that he's making on the ball in the air to where other guys are benefiting from it. You cannot say that he's not an effective guy in the run game. Just the way Mm -hmm. he's ran down Lamar. The way he's ran down Colin Murray, his impact on being able to shoot the gap from that position, especially in the tight red zone, which is where it's more available. Look at the tape. His play in the tight red zone is bar is measured to nobody else other than yep. his own. And that's mm-hmm. a key point to be made. Yes, there'll be a breakdown here or there when it comes down to, you know, play but at that's, that position. That's football, but as man. far that's as football. it's football, right? As far as his impact on defenses. You throw to him if you want to. The impact of what he's done kind of speaks for itself as far as setting the tone for this Steelers defense. Yeah, and you know this is on a much, much smaller level, obviously, talking about the high school game. But when I coached at Steel Valley, we had Paris Ford, uh, you know, yeah. former, pit, former pit player now with the USFL. And when, when the year that we, we got him, his senior year, the difference that it made on our defense, having that, that star – in the back of your defense mm-hmm. that, that's kind of, I mean, mm-hmm. that's why they're called safety, right? They're the safety net. Yeah. They're the ones that yeah. when, when all else fails, when everything goes wrong, that's the guy that's got you. And to have Minka yep. Fitzpatrick back there, you know, it, it makes a big difference. Just like even on the high school level, it makes a big difference on the college level. It makes a big difference on the pro yeah. level. It makes a big difference. And to have Minka. And another thing, Ramon, that we haven't even mentioned yet, is the timing of this deal. One, it, it ensures that yeah. he's going to be a full participant in training camp. And two, as my buddy Nick Faribault pointed out on Twitter yesterday, they got this done before Derwin James and Jesse Bates. 
So the oh. Steelers set the market <laughs> rather than the other team setting the market and them having to play catch up. Omar Khan did a great job with this one, man. Yeah, he did. And let me correct myself. Two team first team all pro and two time pro bowler, yeah. too. I said three. He probably should have gotten three. He probably three. should, yeah. Um, but just in, in, in general, his impact is almost like Troy. It's almost like James Harrison when you're out there. Like, if he continues on at the rate that he's going, I don't think it's bad to mention those names and say Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward. You know who mm-hmm. you're talking about in those situations. And to your point, your last point, uh, Eddie, very smart on Omar. Beat everybody yep. else to the punch. He's the highest paid right now. Annual average valuation of that contract is through the roof. And if Minka's happy, I'm happy. And here we go, Steelers. Yeah, for sure, man. Hey, listen, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, now that we're talking about Minka Fitzpatrick, and it looks like the defense is set now, uh, maybe an addition or two coming up. But now that the defense is set, I want to get your take on what their ceiling is and and what the, uh, you know, maybe like the, the bare minimum you would accept as a Steelers fan and as somebody that used to play for the Steelers. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back with the Ron Foster Show. All right, welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. I'm Eddie Provident. With me, as always, is the man whose name is on the show, Ramon Foster. Ramon, we talked about Minka Fitzpatrick and how big of a, literally how big of a deal <laughs> uh, that is for this football team. Uh, my question to you now is, what does this mean for this defense? Because it looks like, aside from maybe an addition or two, this defense is yeah. set, and it's set for a few years. Uh, I mean, you know, you've got uh, TJ with an extension, Minka with an extension. Yeah. Uh, pretty much everybody that they want locked up is locked up for a few years. So I guess we'll frame it this way. What is the ceiling for this team, for this defense? And then what is the bare minimum that you would, you would accept if you were in that locker room for this defense? For this defense, as, as much leadership as it has, as much experience that it has also, um, that could be a, that can be questionable too, because then you start to you know factor in age and and like injuries. If a guy gets and yeah. injured, yeah, how long does it take for them to get back? You know, it's always that aspect of it. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at a guy Tyson Alou. Alou is 13 years of experience right now. You know, he just dealt with an injury. Right. Can he come back and sustain himself too? So you got that side of it, but you also got some very young guys and and, and some you know small experience when it comes to this team. So we got to factor in that a little bit. Even with that being said, the way that defense is kind of constructed, the DNA of it, having Cam and TJ on the front end, having a guy like Miles Jack in the middle, and I'm just naming one or two guys to each position, but also having Minka, and let's be real, I, I know people like to give him crap, and they're going to throw that B word around when we're talking about Terrell, but he's no bust. He's become more solid. I think it take takes a little bit more time when it comes down to his development, and I just think it's okay to say a first round, and Terrell was a later first rounder, was a solid pick. It's a matter of, one, can he come back and play well? And if he does, will he sign back with this team also? You know what I'm saying? For a very yep. fair deal. Because at this point, he can be a solid starter in NFL. And if him and Minka's chemistry is as good as it can be moving forward, when you take the stress of a deal, when you take the stress of, man, I got to perform so that I can get paid, they can be solid. The I, I think the floor for this team, honestly, defensively, could be top 10. I go mm-hmm. no lower than like top 12. If they're top 10 as a floor, and let's say if they, at as best as they could get throughout the season, five to seven, 
And I'm not sure, mm-hmm. you know, the, the season has yeah. to play itself out. So I don't want to say they're top three defense on paper before we even know anything about anybody right. else because Buffalo went and got Vaughn. They had a very good defense to begin with. You also got the Las Vegas Raiders. They went and shopped a whole lot this offseason too. Mm-hmm. You also got Khalil uh, Mack going to the Chargers. So defenses are in a very good spot. Heck, the team I cover here in Nashville, uh, the Titans, they got a very solid defense that's kind of jumped on the scene last year too. So I think the mm-hmm. arms race as far as combating these powerful offenses in the NFL has kind of shifted a little bit under the radar to the defensive side of the ball. So with that being said, I go floor 10-11. And I say, you know, as good as they can get, 5-7. to seven. If they go better than 5-7, and seven, man, I know a lot of people are counting the Steelers out and saying – you know, this could be the first losing season considering the quarterback play, the uncertainty of that. If you got a top five to seven defense and you got Chris Boswell also that's able to put points up on the board and your defense can stop them from scoring touchdowns and they, you know, accumulate a bunch of turnovers throughout the season, we can still hover very well above 500 and potentially be, you know, one or two in the AFC um, North, man, when it comes down to it, at the minimum, be that seventh wild card seed. And I'm yep. not being overly optimistic, but the DNA of what this defense has of youth and some older guys and the way it's always played, that's a fair shake, I feel like, Eddie. I mean, if you look at where their weaknesses were, right? Obviously, the interior yeah. defensive line was a weakness because of injuries and missing Stephon to it last year. I don't mm-hmm. know that they really did anything to address that. And that's my one big question mark on this defense. But if you look at their other weaknesses that. from last year, you look at uh, cornerback play, right? Well, they, they locked up Akilah yeah. Witherspoon. They brought him back. They brought in Levi Wallace, who's mm-hmm. a very solid coverage guy. Uh, actually, I think yeah. uh, may have been pro football focus, had him ranked top 10 in uh, coverage awesome. corners. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they, they solidified the corners, which is going to help. We talked about Minka struggling, you know, having issues with the rest, you know, weaknesses and trying to cover for that. Well, locking down the corner position and getting Cam Sutton back in the middle, or um, yeah. I'm, yeah, Cam Sutton back in the middle. Cam Sutton. That, or in the inside, that helps. Right. And, and then yep. you bring in you bring in Miles Jack uh, to, to help yep. out that interior linebacker position. And we know what to expect from Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt. I don't yeah. particular, I don't, you know, like I'm with you. I don't think they're going to be the number one defense in the NFL because, I mean, look at all the teams you mentioned, plus the Rams, plus, you know, so you've yeah. got a lot of good defenses in the NFL this year. But I'm I think they can be a top five. The to top I'm with you top five. The to top seven seems pretty. Uh, pretty fair. If everyone stays healthy and everyone plays to their capabilities, top five to seven is is very realistic. And I, you know, and, and I, I'm with you, man. I, I would and even I, go I think as that far that helps. To, I would almost go as far as to say to just the way the scheduling kind of, you know, you're not going against everybody's number ones this year as far as who you got to say. I mean, let's think about the year before. You're pretty much playing the one of everybody. I don't think New England's going to be super strong. I'm not looking too, you know, too too far past the Jets. Miami could be good. Philly is going to be decent too. But look at the Saints. We got Colts. We got Falcons. We got, I mean, we got Carolina. Like, it's, there are some teams that you can get. It's a lighter schedule this year, yeah. It's a lighter and, schedule, yes. And also something that I'm sure you could speak to better than anybody, uh, the lack of travel in this schedule this year, too. The furthest oh, yeah. the furthest they're going is Miami this year, Miami and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They don't have to go any yeah. further than that. So yeah. that's a big deal, too, because that means more rest. And can I say this, this side of it, too? If, in fact, they do put an emphasis on the run game offensively, that means playing keep away from other teams' defenses, I mean, other teams' offenses, 
that can blend a whole lot into the fact that this team could be refreshed. We see what Najee looks like. We know they went and got some run run graders when it comes down mm-hmm. to, you know, the offensive side of the ball. If they get that cohesion and chip away at the at the clock as much as possible until the quarterbacks get in place, I see that being a fair shake to say this defense can be very fresh if, again, health is always a key when it comes down to this type of discussion of where do you think this defense can be. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And, uh, you know, DK, I think, really put it well in his daily shot a couple of days ago that he said counting the Steelers out this year is is just straight up vapid. Uh, it's yeah. I, I, look, I'm not I'm with you. I'm not saying they're going to win the division. I'm not saying they're going to be a top right. three team in the AFC. I, I don't want it to come across as the Yinzer goggles. Right. But <laughs> you've yeah. got to understand all the talent that they have. It's young talent, but all the talent that they have on offense. Right. And then this yeah. defense alone is going to win them football games. Look at the Seattle yeah. game last year. TJ Watt snapped, snatched victory from the from the jaws of defeat on his own yeah. last year. He a couple yeah. of times, but that Seattle game is the one I remember distinctly. So if you get that same kind of play, they shore up yeah. the run defense a little bit and the offense is just average. They don't like, mm-hmm. look, they were the 31st offense in the NFL Efficient. last year. Yeah. All they've got to be, if that offense is top 20 moan and this defense yeah. is what we think it could be, they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot just based on numbers alone. So I, I mean, I, I don't teams. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think that there should be any gloom or doom in Pittsburgh. I don't think that anyone should should count this team out. But I also like let's be realistic. They're you know they're not going to win the AFC. They're not going to win the AFC North. You know it's it's going to be you know it's going to be a, it's, it's going to be, be a grind fight this if year. they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But hey, man, uh, when we come back, we got the hey moan question. Those are always good. So stick around. We'll have uh, one more segment. All right, welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It is our Hey Moan segment, everybody's favorite segment. And today's question is from Gabe McCain. Uh, Gabe asks, Hey Moan, while on the topic of the offensive line, wouldn't you expect that the Steelers will go as far as the O-line can take them this year, no matter who is under center? I think it's a great question for what we talked about uh, a little bit ago about the you know projections for the Steelers and where we think they could be. Because I do think it's going to be driven by this offensive line this year, Moan. What, what say you as a offensive lineman I, I agree with that uh, and and a lot of pressure is going to be on those guys they had a down year we can admit that it's not I don't think anybody in the OL O-line room would, would push back and say they had a good year no it was a down year man um just looking at the fact that it, it 38 sacks you're giving up which isn't overly bad but you're still in the top half of it I mm-hmm. think that's top 10 top 12 as far as sacks giving up over the season um and just the the, the rhythm of the the rhythm of the play, the offense last year, was on the mm-hmm. backs of the offensive line. Giving the ball on first down, one yard. Giving the ball again to him on second down, you get two yards. That's third and long. That's 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 bad, man. So and you had Ben, and I know a lot of people say, well, Ben was Ben last year. Now screw that. We're talking about uh, uh, older guys being able to play for a while when it comes down to the effects of what their offensive line can do for them, how efficient that offense is. If you're in second and ten for the majority of the year, that's a bad take to have. So. I think the the emphasis on going to get good free agents again, mm. James Daniels. I don't think we can over no. like I don't think nope. we can overstate how big of a signing that was. 
His Absolutely PFF grade. I know a lot of people look at that was very high. Mason Cole's another guy. And just honestly, the, the competition aspect of what's in front of those young guys this year, as far as what they need to do to be able to play and play well and know what it is to, to compete. So I kind of agree with you. We're talking about how good this defense can be. That's hinged on the fact of how long, excuse me, will they be out there playing defense if this offense is, can I just say trash? Can I say mm-hmm. inefficient? Yeah. Can I just yeah. say unstable? All of those because words until the fourth happen. quarters last year, that's pretty much what they yeah. were, man. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be harsh, but it is what it is. No, that is a rough day at the office for the defense. Where were some times when I felt like we would go through two games of sputtering, and then we have mm-hmm. that common to Jesus conversations like offense. <laughs> what do we got to do to make this right? And then you get yep. to the point. Okay, just keep it simple. Stop overthinking yep. it. Just go beat people up. And I'm hoping that they establish that because Najee is a daggone good back. I don't think we can understate that. And it would be a shame to let that talent go to waste or get beat up. Or he's at the line of scrimmage in the old the uh, famous where he's one hand on the ground clawing, trying to get a yard or two. That can't be the case this year. So, no. yes, I agree. I'm not overly worried about the quarterback play. I'm worried about how those guys up front – just truly establish the line of scrimmage and beat people up. That's all I want to see from those guys this year. And that's a big thing for me, Ramon, is even Kevin Dotson, and I'm not going to misquote him. I'll just paraphrase what he said, but he basically said that Najee would have been a much better back next year if the offensive line was better. And now you said in the intermission that you know he'd, Najee averaged only averaged three point nine yards a carry, which needs to be better. I mean, how much do you how much do you put that on the shoulders of the offensive lineman though? Because you know, three point nine yards a carry behind that O line uh, to me, you know, as an outsider is still like wow, that's you know not terrible. Look at his carries. Najee had three hundred and seven carries last year. You know, (laughs) yeah, and a lot of the time we're all watching for every yard. He did, and that's yeah. a hard life to live. I mean, mm-hmm. the lifespan of a running back in this in this league is is very short in itself. So to say that he could have been a 2,000-yard a rusher, I think that's fair to say. But also he did acknowledge that they weren't that great last year. And if your pride doesn't hit you deep in the depths of your soul when you say that type of stuff, shame mm-hmm. on you. So if you got a 2,000-yard backer running back, show us. You know, like, yeah. let, let me see what you guys do to get him there. And I promise you, the gifts will be amazing if you get that and you go to camp. <laughs> right. Because there's not and, many of those floating around. And and for me, Moan, when, when you look back at the at the Steelers teams of the past, it's yeah. st- there was a there was an identity there. Right. And yeah. I don't think last year's football team had an identity. Like when you played, right, the right. identity was that you, Al, Pounce, Gilly, you know, you guys Dave. were all, you know, and Dave. Yeah. How, how can I forget Dave? <laughs> but you guys were going to you guys were going to come in. You're going to punch the defense in the mouth. You were going to make yeah. a way for Lev Bell. You were going to make a way for D'Angelo. You're going to make a way for whoever the running back was. And you mm-hmm. were going to make sure Ben didn't get dirty. That was yeah. the the identity of this Steelers football team. We're going to be we're going to be tough. We're going to punch you in the mouth and there's nothing you can do about it. And I don't think that they have that right now. And that's what they need. Yeah, for sure. I, I can't wait to see it, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that cohesion and develop uh, this fall in camp. 
Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, and speaking of O line, I got to be selfish here real quick. You see me wearing the West Mifflin Do gear. It. I'm up on the coaching staff yeah. up at West Mifflin. And you want to talk about offensive lines leading the charge? I want to shout out Tyler mm-hmm. Forstoffer, Anthony Trunzo, Jaden Brown, Demery, Braden Krause, and Rico Steele. Rico, my cousin, uh, who's already got two D1 offers. Uh, they're nice. the offensive line up at uh, up at up at West Mifflin, and they are they are leading the charge, man. They're they're putting the work in in the off season. And uh, I'm, I'm a very proud guy, and I know the whole community is proud of them, and I'm excited to see what they do this year. So shout out to West no Mifflin doubt. football. Shout out to Coach Steele. Shout out to the offensive line. And uh, it's going to be a fun season this year, man. Man, keep leading, big boys. That is the yep. tone of the team. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Well, that's all I got for today. You got anything else, Moan? That's it, man. Let's do this again. Tomorrow, maybe DK shows up. Maybe DK shows up, but regardless if he shows up or not, that's episode 100 tomorrow. So stick around for that. We'll have some fun. Episode 100. Hey, man, on a Friday. How's that? (laughs) That's the perfect way to end this. Hey, I got nothing. There it is, man.